Before we get into the regular episode, we're going to do us a little, you know, public service announcement for if you want a badass tournament in the Southeast and you feel like getting drunk, have we got the tournament for you. <laughs> we got the 2019 Old Jakes. How's that coming up in the spring of 2019? And we got ourselves one of the best TOs of the land in the United States. Whoa. No, we got, pr- no pressure. We got, Jake, we got Jake Smith with... Mike Rhodes, I guess, tagging along. Woo-woo. What up? <laughs> and then, of course, we got the co-host uh, Chris over here. <laughs> Chris is just here so he doesn't get fined. Yep, that's pretty much it. Also, Pete needed to record this at my house, so <laughs> rolled me out of bed. <laughs> Lucky I even got pants on. Do you? But do you? <laughs> I do. I do. I, I, I classed it up for this. I classed it up for this Skype. You even got the hair Skype video. Outstanding. Yeah, so Jake, everybody had a great time last year, and you just want to kind of tell us some of the details that you got for this uh, for this Old Jake's How's That tournament this year. Yeah, for sure. So um, so Old Jake's How's That 2019 um, is going to go down May 18th and 19th uh, this year. We sent out a survey to a lot of local players for uh, just kind of some input for last year's event, and uh, we got a lot of positive feedback, and we got a lot of things we're going to work on this year for uh, changes. So we took a lot of those ideas and feedback and, and we, we think we've got something really good for you guys this year so we've moved it back a little bit so that way it'll give a little space between uh, Debdecon and Spring Fling and now the uh, the dates will be May 18th and 19th so the, it'll be a two-day event um, we're looking to do you know half of it on the first day four rounds and then whatever we need to on the second day on Sunday and we're going to a different location this year we're going to uh, Triskelion Brewing um, which is the same place that the STC was held this year so so looking at it, last year it was at Bird, Birds Fly South, right? That's right, that's right. So so what was the reason that you wanted to switch venues this year? What did you like better with Triskillian as opposed to Birds Fly South? So one of the big complaints uh, we got la- uh, last year was that, just to be simple, it was hard to get beer. You had to kind of, where yeah. the venue was, you kind of had to walk across to the brewery back and forth. Um, and as close as it was, it was still an inconvenience. So this time, we'll actually be, you know, essentially you were there at the STC. The, the tables are, are essentially you're playing and then you can spin around and you're at the bar. It's a wonderful building. It's super bright. Um, we, you know, we had some complaints about the lights last year, too. So this building is very bright. It's very clean. And the cool thing is, is, is you know, where birds fly, we, we thought that, you know, kind of got the feeling that we were kind of a burden to them. Uh, whereas yeah. this year, we're going to be the only thing going on. So we actually are shutting down the brewery both days. Well, and plus... You know that us Southern boys like to drink a little bit, right? I know I know the dojo crew definitely likes to pull their weight in drinking. And yeah, and at Birds Fly South, I felt like you couldn't drink as much because you could only get it before or after your game. Yeah, for sure. Whereas when we were at STC, like you said, if there was like a pause or somebody went to the bathroom real quick, you could turn and be like, hey, grab beer put it on my tab and you're still rolling dice. Yeah, for sure. And like, it's like the bartenders were actually looking to like help you out too, which was, yeah. you know, which was nice. Yeah. They even delivered like food to you at the table at STC at that uh, Triskillian. The, yep. uh, the service was crazy. Awesome at Triskillian versus, I mean, obviously birds fly South had a whole bunch of stuff going on, you know, nothing against them, but uh, Triskillian was making, making us feel like they wanted this. So it was awesome. Yeah, and, and, you know, some of the struggles we had last year was, you know, just from a time perspective, as far as getting all of that into one day or when we could when we could start, when it had to be over with. And, you know, with, with Triskelion, they've literally told me that as long as we have to operate inside of the state laws. 
So essentially what that means is we could start playing at 8, We could, but we can close down at 2 a.m. Doesn't matter. Nice. Nice. So, I mean, it's it, it's our brewery for two days, so we get to do whatever we want to in it, which is awesome. So, I mean, tons of freedom there. Also, one cool thing about that venue is there's a nice outdoor space there. Oh yeah, they got that a nice stage in the back. Yeah, they got a big old uh, they got a big old courtyard out there with a big old stage on the back of it. So, uh, so who's performing? Late breaking news: We're gonna have some live music there that night. So, it, oh, <laughs> all right. Yeah, Mike's gonna get his banjo out <laughs> <laughs> and his cymbals that are attached to the insides of his knees. <laughs> it won't be us performing, but uh, we do have a couple of uh, musical acts uh, on, the, sweet, on the book. So, uh, the plan is is to play some guild balls about six or seven, maybe eight o'clock, and then after that. You know, everyone hang out, you know, have a good time, uh, have some drinks, watch the music, and we'll probably have some alternate formats playing that night too until 2 a.m. So, yeah, I was gonna, I was just going to ask, so is there going to be like basically like a free play area after the rounds are done and you're just drinking, hanging out, listening to music? Yeah, I mean, it won't be a, um, I mean, it won't be a free play area. It'll be the tables that were set up for the day. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, if you want to take a table outside and set it up, I mean, we'll do it. You know, it's, I mean, I mean, we've got the, we have the technology to do this. So, uh, that's pretty cool. You know, as long as it's not raining, uh, we, sh- we should be, you know, like I said, it, it's our, it's our brewery, which is insane to me. Like, so we can do whatever we want to there. So we're going to try to have a lot yeah, of alternate and, formats after, after the first day. And last year, Jake, we just did a one day grind fest of just a bunch of rounds. I think it was six round right last year, right? Six rounds last year. Yep. So we're, so what, what made you decide to split it up? Uh, you know, we, it's from a logistics standpoint, it was hard to set all that up and cram it in one day. Um, a lot of the feedback we got was, you know, people had a hard time getting food Yeah, and it, it was a grind to play six rounds in, in, you know, in a whole day. So Triskelion has a food truck on, on premise. There's a couple of restaurants right beside it. So, um, switching to a two day gives us time for people to get in and out of the food, uh, where they're not rushed and hurried all day. So we yeah. thought it was a good change. Um, you know, the, the, obviously you'll have to get a hotel room or if you stay local with someone, that's a, it's a little bit of a burden, but I think it's, it's something that people did last year anyways, just because yeah. no one wanted to leave at, you know, 11, 8, 11 PM and drive home. So we got a ton of people polled, said they wanted two days as well. So we're hoping that really, yeah, that brings it. I think that'll bring some people from out of town in too. Yeah, for sure. And, and the thing with Hendersonville is, you know, there are a couple of hotels very close, but, um, that area is kind of like, you know, the hipster area for Asheville and whatnot. So there's a ton of Airbnbs floating around there. I've used okay. a couple of them before. So I think it'll be a good time and pretty easy to get that get that lodging too. One thing I will say about Jake, you, and the dojo guys, whenever you run a tournament, the thing I always tell people is go to it. If for anything else, the prize support is always amazing. So talk to us about a little bit what the prize support was like last year, which was awesome, by the way. And then if you can spoil anything for this year, that'd be cool. I, I don't know if you have anything lined up already, but. Uh, I do. I have, I have a couple things already lined up. Um, that was actually one of the um, one of the questions we asked in, in the survey. So the funny thing was, um, and I'll tell this story really fast, is, you know, I spent a lot of time getting a lot of custom pieces done for last year. And the three things that cost me the, cost the most and took the most time to design were the ones that no one liked at all. Uh, that makes things a lot easier this year. Um, you know, we had a, we had a ten piece swag bag last year. You know, everything for, you know, an essential, what I thought a new guild ball player. Um, you know, last year we tried to target a lot of new players, and, and we did that. And we want to make sure all those new players had things to play the game. So you know, we had you know custom dice, dice bags, and measuring widgets for kicking and distance. By the way, speaking of those measure, measuring w- widgets specifically for kicking. The ones that are the size of the ball, 
instead of the ones that are the arcs that surround the ball, please include those because those are fucking yeah, pe- awesome. People love those. They're so much easier to work with. Yeah, could you just place you just place that instead of the ball and just measure straight yeah. off of that. Yeah, like I don't know why that's not just part of the pack for Muse on Minis, Muse on Minis, or Steamforged or whoever. Like those, those are so much better. Dojo patent. There you go. There you go. Yeah, patent it. So, uh, so yeah, you know, we had the custom AOE last year, and we had the custom piece of terrain, which everyone hates because it's humongous. It is huge. But you know, you know, we, we had that, and then <laughs> and then the pint glass was like the number one thing last year, which is a- yeah, I love that. So this year, obviously, we'll have glasses again. You know, they probably won't be the same glasses because we're mixing it up this year. But as far as the teaser goes, one of the one of the caveats to getting the breweries, you know, we gotta we gotta hit a certain bar tab. So I'll just say that uh, you'll be getting something to take your beer home with you this year. Ooh, so I'll, like that. I'll let you put two and two together on. Now, the coolest thing that I I think you did last year, Jake, for how's that and. I'm going to use that as kind of the reason why I didn't win. I know what's coming. <laughs> was that every time you played around and every time that you drank a beer or bought a beer, you got the beer dice. So I got myself like almost two full sets, but I was a little smashed when I was playing Gabe in round four, I think. Proud to announce the uh, beer dice will be making a return in 2019. Yes. And we may have another competition with uh, bar tabs as well, so... Nice. We've got a couple ideas we're floating around, but rest assured, everyone out there, that beer dice will be back because that was like the favorite thing last year. That was awesome. We'll, we'll probably still have round dice because we gave out a dice for every round played last year. Yeah. Just to encourage people to stay and play all day. Um, and then obviously the beer dice were a huge hit. I mean, I had people running up to me with like four beers like, give me my dice. <laughs> awesome yeah. contributor. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so um, <laughs> Alan would be an awesome contributor for he, that. He would. The Atlanta boys can drink. Be careful. So uh. I know. Yeah, and, la- and last year was awesome. Those of you that weren't able to go, I mean, we got Mike Klein to come down, which was awesome because he hadn't really been down our way previous to that. And we had Brian White was there. You know, he's a really good guild ball player. Had some other really solid people from the Southeastern meta. And I, I would say, and I don't know if this is one of your goals, Jake, but maybe trying to convince and expand more people from different states to come in. Chris and I talked, and I think we're going to try to get some of his Utah buddies in for this. Yeah, I've got a couple of buddies, so if you guys can give me a heads up, I'd love to be able to give them as well, much we, time. Well, we already to... got the date now, so. Yeah, there we go. So, so uh, yeah, I mean, for sure. I mean, we want to, you know, we don't want to be, you know, Southeast specific, obviously. Um, you know, we've just, over the last two years, you know, we've kind of met everyone in this area, including you guys, you know, all the way down to Georgia, up to North Carolina, out to Tennessee. So, we want to keep yeah. that growing. You know, it's a little bit further to drive than, you know, being in the central or northeast. So, and we know it's a little bit of work, but, you know, we, we had a great time at SDC. Uh, that's one of my yeah. favorite things is playing people that, you know, you never get to play on a regular basis. You know, we travel so much. We play you guys all the time. And and you guys always have this huge prize table. I mean, it's like the biggest prize table I've seen at any tournament I've ever been to. It's so huge. So huge. It's like the, it's the, the biggest, biggest prize ever. table Trust me, I know. We have the best prize table, (laughs) the biggest prize table. But no, so everybody gets their swag bag, but you go to a dojo event, then everybody gets to pick something off that motherfucking table. (laughs) It's like the Oprah Winfrey of prizes. (laughs) Thanks, no no pressure there. That that prize table, um, that is simply me um, on my laptop uh, with late hours in the night and very gracious sponsors is all that is. So without... Without the sponsors, like we couldn't do it. I know we had a couple of very large ones last year with uh, Meeple Madness in Georgia and Final Round down where you guys are at. 
that, that helped us out a ton. Um, there's tons of vendors out there, you know, usual Sussex that helped out. This is a family-friendly brewery, so, I mean, you don't have to be 21 to play in this tournament. You can be under 18 even, right? Uh, it, it doesn't matter because it's our brewery. So, it's okay, private. For it, yeah, it's private. It's like we have our own club. <laughs> yeah, it's a fight club for nerds. <laughs> Just like last year, we'll probably ID bracelet everyone that's over 21 yeah. from, from Jump Street and, and go from there. But, you know, there's so many cool things about this brewery that I'm really looking forward to. Like, you know, they have the, tea, they have the flat screens everywhere. It's able, a modern Yeah, brewery. we're, we're going to be able to use those flat screens for... You know, for, for pairings, for round timers. We're going to be able to use their audio system for music all day. Like, you know, there's just a lot of things that they're they're catering um, to us, which is which is going to make everything just really awesome. How many people can this place hold? That, like, that was, how, how large of a, of a venue is this going to be? What's your what's your cap? So so last, so STC, we had 36, 36 right? Upstairs. Mm-hmm. Upstairs. And we got the downstairs for this, right? Downstairs this time. Which is bigger. Which is bigger. Um, so right now I'm, I don't really want to cap it. You know, I know that's, I'm just throwing that out there. I mean, I, I, I know for sure to hold 64. Um, so okay. if, it, if it goes over, we'll, we'll figure it out then. But you know, we want everyone to come. Um, okay. I, I think it could easily hold 80 if we had to. Nice. Okay. So yeah, we could, we, I mean, once you get past 64, I mean, that could be a seven round tournament or something like that. <laughs> yeah. At that so, point. Okay. Which is fine. Cause we have, we have the whole day Sunday. So I'm, yeah, that, that's awesome. Four days, four, four games, and then three games. That those are pretty normal numbers. Mm. So that that sounds great. Um, and then I guess the the last question that uh, I don't know if this is this is my last question, but what is this going to be setting people back? Like, what what is the entry fee going to be on on this event? So it's a good question. So um, you know, just just from a logistics standpoint, um, you know, I, the brewery is requiring essentially a, a, a pre sale on the tab. So I'll have to pay the tab up front, you know, just to kind of reserve that place. Last year, um, I probably undershot a little bit. I've looked at some of the other tournaments of this size. Um, and right now it's going to be 35. 35, you know, to play whatever, you know, get your swag bag, get you in all the raffles and everything. That's um, a great goal, man. And, and then that's, and that's on part of everything. I mean, I think we can all fair say the swag bags last year probably were worth 40 to 50 bucks. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. 35 for a two-day event is like a ridiculous good price. Yeah, you know, we don't, you know, it's not... You know, people need to understand. Like, we're not making any money off of this. Like, you know, if anything, like, we had to cut. Out, we, had, we had to come out of pocket a little bit last year when it came down to like chairs and things like that. So, so, so yeah. Sure. Uh, so, thirty five, thirty five will be the uh, will be the signups. Um, you know, after this airs, um, I should have you know long shanks ready to go. We'll probably do it the same way they did um, uh, Bourbon Trail. Um, I really like the way Antonio did that. So essentially, you'll pay me via PayPal. Then I'll sign you up. It'll be a locked event, and I'll have to manually sign you up at that point. Yeah. So when um, are you gonna ha- are you gonna like make that event and have it open to register as soon as we air this, uh, which would be tomorrow? That's the plan. So uh, when I get off the phone with you, I will essentially be creating the Facebook page. Um, we're getting ready to post tomorrow. So, yeah, it should, should be should be ready to go yeah. tomorrow. It'll be locked, right? It's, it's yeah. gonna be locked with you putting it on. Yeah. So there'll, there'll be a Facebook Damn. page. Um, yeah, we'll we'll have a Facebook page that has all the, the details that we have right now for everyone. Um, you know, just like last year, if you have any questions, you can shoot me a message on Facebook Messenger. Yeah, I'm on that, you know, pretty much 24-7. So if you need anything, let me know. And then, uh, like I said, we'll have Longshanks locked. But as soon as you pay me, obviously, I'll, I'll just unlock you. I'll put you on there. The, 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 um, one other thing is I was wondering, are you doing any other sort of uh, things for, like, other contests? Things like painting contests, things like... 
I mean, you already said best sport, but I mean, I've got that on lock. So, oh, uh, but yeah, I mean, we're we're gonna the plan is to have all of those kind of traditional things. Um, that was some feedback we got was there there wasn't enough time to look at all the models. Um, yeah. but yeah, you know, for sure painted, for sure goalpost. Um, we made sure to do one or two levels of that in case some special painters out of Georgia show up. You know, uh, that, <laughs> Just. yeah, that takes everyone's uh, awards. <laughs> so, uh, you know, we'll try to do all that. Um, I've got some ideas for some other things. One thing I'd really like to do. Kind of fell through last year was I want I want to see a best meta, like I want to see a meta yeah. award, like I want to see somebody show up. I mean, I mean, we were talking a lot of shit to Chad and you know, <laughs> getting people into the tournament last year. And I had a bunch bail on me last minute. Yeah, like, like I like I want to see like some meta colors. Like you know, everyone's got like their got like their meta swag now. So let's I want to see that. You know, full. Let's get it out there. Yeah, you know, yeah, like bring your jerseys, bring your bring your scarves, bring your flags, like whatever. Like let's 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 turn it into it, man. <laughs> Jake, just give us a quick. Dates again, how much it's going to cost, and then where they can sign up. So um, dates will be uh, May 18th and May 19th. That's a Saturday and Sunday. Uh, it'll be at Triskillian Brewing Company, which is in downtown Hendersonville, North Carolina. Cost will be $35. Um, and you'll be able to PayPal me directly at jakesmith0114 at gmail.com. I'll post that. Um, you'll PayPal me directly to 35 Once I get your, your money, I will sign you up on Longshanks. And you'll be all set. What what is for those that are coming from out of town? What's the closest airport that they would want to shoot? That, that's into? not ridiculous expensive. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What's 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 the one that's the practical airport for people to use? Is that char- is that Charlotte? and how far? So uh, so the closest one will probably be GSP, which is Greenville Spartanburg. Um, that's where we live. From that airport, you're about forty five minutes to Hendersonville. Um, you can fly into Asheville. They have a regional airport, but I'm not sure. It's going to be a little bit more expensive. Yeah, how how yeah? Yeah, I'm sure it will be. I would say cheaper flights might be out of like Charlotte and then rent a car, right? Yep. Yeah, um, Charlotte's probably what an hour, hour and a half to get to. Columbia is not Columbia, South Carolina is not too bad either. No, you're probably about an hour and a half there as well. Yeah. So Greenville Spartanburg will definitely be the closest because um, that's just up Highway 26 for us. So. Well, cool guys, thanks for uh, answering our questions, and we're definitely excited to, you know, be in that tournament again. That was a lot of fun last year. Well, yeah. So our plan is to make this the biggest one we can. So sign up early and sign up often. All right, well, on with the good rage quitting. On to the episode. Welcome back, Rage Nation. We got Pete here with the Mountain Man John. What up? And then we got Chris the UN. I'm here. <laughs> so Chris the UN? Yeah, Chris had to put on pants. Yeah, I didn't know you were coming to my house. I had, to, man, I tell you, I'm so mad that I got this uh, motherboard coming from... Uh, you, mother. Coming from China, actually, so your ancestors are taking their sweet-ass time with it. Mm, my cousins? Cousins, maybe. Yeah, okay. There you go. Well, that sucks for so, you. I may or may not have pants on. Well, it sucks because I got like all these battle reports like loaded on my hard drive, ready to edit, and I'm also working on editing us like a you know unique kind of intro song to go with the sweet metal that everybody's hearing at the beginning of the episode. Yes, but can't do that because my motherboard is somewhere probably in the Pacific Ocean right now, probably where the navigators are. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> but so, but arriving on time. 
Yeah, but the good news is there are people on Twitter getting their navigators, so fingers crossed, United States, we get it soon. Yeah, I should look into that. I haven't even looked into mine. I just have my fingers crossed for some cooks. There you go. Hopefully cooks are on time. Yes. Yeah, so we got a lot going on today. We're going to talk about, uh, we got some story time stuff going on. We have some tournament matchups that we experienced this weekend that we're just going to share kind of with the gang. Uh, we got a new segment, and it's going to be awesome. Talking Obulus today, and then we got some Q&A going on. So, got a lot going on for this episode. Oh, I'm pumped about those questions. My favorite question ever was asked tonight. Awesome. I'm excited. So, let's go ahead and just hop right into it, guys. Looking at Chris, your boy Sherwin's been busy. He has. So, you guys haven't re- or did you finally catch up, John, on the fluff? No, I don't read fluff. I wait for the John audio. John doesn't work. believe in the fluff. No. It's like, it's like fluffs are for noobs. <laughs> but Sherwin has been busy as fuck. If you haven't kind of gone through and just so everybody knows, it's going to be spoiler alert because I don't care about spoils. Go ahead and fast forward a little bit if you don't want to hear some of this spoiler wow. goodness. Yeah, Sherwin is fucking up the brewers. Dude, that dude is like the biggest serial killer in all of Guild Ball. Yeah, so everybody knows that looking at the brewers... Scum basically got nailed to the door. So that was the first thing that happened. And then the rat catchers just come in and they start fucking up the brewers and the seamstress. And one of them, I think it's mashed, ends up getting like just fucked up, killed, and there's a rat stuffed in his mouth. And then on top of that... That sounds gross. On top of that, the brewers found out that Spigot is sober. Stoker like made him like force drank him like, you know, a bunch of alcohol and Spigot started flipping out, like, don't put that poison in my mouth. And everybody's like, poison? And then they basically had a moment where, like, all right, Spigot, get the fuck out. You're not a drunk anymore. We don't want anything to do with you. Well, he is playing for the order now. Yeah, apparently him and Friday had a thing going on, too. So Friday Ooh, was all sad. A thing. Yep. Sort of like Boiler had a thing for brisket. Yeah, right? Yeah, it was kind of like that. And, you know, she was all weeping, and Spigot ended up leaving. They finally connected the dots, how he, well... At least how he left the Brewers. So it's kind of cool to see the story progress the way that the models are on the pitch. So hopefully sometime here in the next couple of weeks, we find out how Spigot goes from being a Brewer to the Sultician. Hopefully we see that in the next couple Found of weeks. Found Jesus. Cleaned yeah. his life up. Yep. <laughs> and then probably my favorite thing that ends up happening on the pitch is we see Fangtooth go bananas. There, This fluff piece is actually in a match report. And... Basically, Fangtooth takes that mace and he stomps the crap out of Venon. And Venon ends up going lights out, just done. I can accept that. Yeah? You don't like Venon? Yeah. I just have no love for him. I, I told Chris some of these stories and Chris is like, eh, I don't like any of those people anyway, so it doesn't really affect yeah, me. dude. <laughs> like, so I don't know if you saw on, I don't know if it was Gubs, I think it's Gubs. Somebody made this meme, and it's like that scene from Walking Dead where Negan has all of the survivors, <laughs> and it's like all the brewers, kneeling, and it's all the yeah. And I was just like, "Yep, that's how it is." <laughs> like, unfortunately, I don't love any of those brewers. My favorite meme was the one that I posted this morning, and you guys remember the Leave well, Britney alone? Much? No, no, no. <laughs> you remember the Leave Britney alone meme? Oh, yeah, that girl. The, the, the chicks who Leave Britney alone. I think it's a dude. Well, either way. But Stop yeah. assigning people their genders. But yeah, someone made the assume. meme, and it and it was just like leave Sherwin, leave Brewers alone. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, uh, he's killing it with that fluff stuff, and uh, I do 
I would prefer if it was all dropped in one segment. Like, I don't like having to uh, check it out every single week, but I, I recognize most people do. Most people would rather have it be like a serial. Um, but they've done a great job with it. It's it's nice to see the game and the and the lore line up so perfectly. Yeah, and it's just if you haven't read the fluff, so like John, you you'd actually really enjoy the fluff. It's like a dark fluff. It's not like this, you know, just always heroic, the heroes always win type thing. It's very, you know, it's a dark, dark history that Guild Wall is built upon. I'm waiting for the so. uh, the audio book, if you will, for I can listen to it on my way to work. There you go. That, didn't that dude from... Uh, Don't Touch the Beard. Don't yeah. Touch the yeah, Beard. Rich ended up uh, doing a lot of the fluff audio for the tale of the... Of the cities or whatever it's they called. They need to get Lance to help with those. He yeah. has a good voice for that kind of stuff. He does I bet. have a pretty good voice. If you hey, guys giving credit where it's due. <laughs> if you guys could like read fluff about something, like if you had one like either character or one maybe story from Guild Ball that you'd like to see next from Sherwin, what would that be? Uh, the bear. Oh, that's a. <laughs> <laughs> what about the bear? <laughs> Why is there a bear playing Guild Ball? <laughs> so maybe a little bit of the background, like how they got this bear in there and how they kind of what they use it on the pitch and all that stuff yeah good luck with that sherwin go for it (laughs) at least not a druid so the one thing that i would find really interesting is and and this is something that i doubt they would get into and most people probably wouldn't be interested but i would is obelisk kind of serves like these dual roles where he's like a captain of his team on the pitch but then he's also that guy running the guild behind the scenes. Yeah. And I'd love to see more of that. Behind the scenes The people stuff. running the guilds, the politics aspect. But I love that kind of stuff. So that's just me. I'm, I'm weird. The story about Venon before they had him on the pitch, Venon actually goes to assassinate one of those officials. Okay. And it's a really interesting story. It's actually called Failure because he fails the assassination attempt. <laughs> he ended up dying a failure in life. But... <laughs> It was cool, though, because apparently, according to Sherwin, that was like the first time that one of those officials has been threatened. Usually they're the ones doing the organizing and the threatening. Kind of cool and probably scary for them to see that, oh, my God, you know, we're kind of starting to lose control of our, our guild ball scene, you know? Yeah, well, and I, I feel like in the first season of that lore that the scene, for instance, where... Like Longshanks gets his like fingers broken and all that stuff in the in the prison where he gets tortured. Like that was one of the best parts, and he has nothing to do with like on pitch. Like, yeah. And so I really like that kind of extra stuff, but we'll see. Yeah. Well, because it's cool to see how Guild Ball is used to manipulate the public, right? Yeah. It's almost like ancient Rome, where you know the Rome like they're getting bread and circuses. Yeah, pretty much. It's like, hey, you know, look at the shiny no gladiator matches over here. Don't worry about starving to death, and you know. The, the armies, you know, coming into the city of Rome. Just focus on the gladiator games. Yeah, right. Yeah, I'm excited to see what happens. If I had my pick of some of the fluff I'd like to see revealed, I'd actually like to see a little more detailed fluff about maybe some of the newer guilds like the blacksmiths. Like they got some of those short clips. Man, I bet we were going to get that if Gaffer went over to the blacksmiths. Yeah. But sucks for them. <laughs> yep, sucks for them. <laughs> well, yeah, I'm really shout excited. out to Rick. <laughs> <laughs> Anytime that's brought up, it's like, sorry, Rick. <laughs> <laughs> Let the salt stream forth. <laughs> oh man, yeah, good times. If you haven't read up on them, 
it's good. You can get caught up on them. You just go to the Steamforge Games blog, and they have them all right there. You can just read. Uh, each one's probably about 9 to 13 pages usually. So it's just a PDF, real quick read. So get on that, John. Get on it. Oh. <laughs> I mean, I mean, <laughs> I mean, I know you're still coaching in December, but, you know. Yeah, bro. Congrats, by the way. Uh, Thanks, man. Long bus ride, and you still made our tournament on Saturday. Yep, got another long one tomorrow. The tournament on Saturday, we had a pretty good time. John ended up getting the bye so he could sleep in round one. <laughs> yeah. Pulled... Way to fix the tournament. Who, yeah. who the hell was that, T.O.? Yeah, that T.O. is shit. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, I ran the tournament. <laughs> Looking at this season four tournaments are really interesting because we're still new, still figuring out certain matchups. Let's start by we're not going to go through each game, but what's one of them? Let's say what was your toughest matchup of the day? Chris, you played Butchers. John, of course, you played Hunters, and I dabbled in Morticians. So, John, let's start with you. What was your most difficult matchup out of the two games? Oh, the Farmers, man. Jeez, they hit hard. Yeah, surprisingly hard, right? Yeah, it's like two damage really adds up when you only get one hit. Yeah, and it's it's when you play a normal guild, you're like, okay, if they whiff, I mean, I take one damage, right? But if a farmer whiffs, you're still taking two, and it's like, dang, that that's that scales. Or and if it hurts they hard. or if they wrap to one, yeah, most people don't can't do a lot if you wrap to one. The farmers that two damage to tack on is significant. Yeah, so what was difficult playing the hunters into the farmers, John? Oh, uh, well, I mean, I just don't have enough damage output to you know really take a bunch of them out because they all have still have so much health, and I had to kind of hide still because if they kind of got to me, they were killing somebody a turn. Yeah, Thresher's still a beast. Yeah, and Thresher still can't be countered because you know he gets that three inch melee, and fucking Tater, God, especially it's so I don't like playing counter charge when I'm tired. Yeah, because it's just like you kind of forget about it, and then boom, there it is. Yeah, yeah. And Modown's still a son of a bitch. Yeah, I'll talk about that here in a second. <laughs> uh, about how you got mowed down? <laughs> yeah, I did. So, Chris, what was your toughest matchup looking at brewer or butchers for the day? I had to play the morticians twice. They just do annoying things. We'll talk like, about Chris and I got to play. We'll talk about that game. Yeah, here in like a I just fucking mortician. Like they just they're just not fun. They're not fun to play against. So is that a tough matchup for for Butchers? I guess, yeah. Like, I mean, well, I tried to take higher defense models, but, I mean, sometimes it just doesn't matter. Like, people just roll well, and did what you, can you do? Did you play Filet both times? Yes. Okay. So you didn't want to try Ox in one of those matchups? One of them I didn't have a choice. <laughs> we'll talk about that in a minute. <laughs> um, I So I'm kind of with John here. My toughest matchup of the day, and... It's not just because it was against Mike. Mike's a really good player. It was against Farmers, and I think that's a really tough matchup for uh, for Morticians just because they do have a lot of boxes, they do have a lot of reach, and they put out a decent, solid amount of damage. And like I said, even if they get one hit, they're still doing two damage at least to you. So, And in that game, I was... I was diced a little bit, especially with Tater's activations. I uh, I locked Tater down pretty good with the counter charge. I really was playing that pretty well, especially into early turn two. But then, man, Mike started dicing with those mow downs. And I, I literally just stood up Obulus, right? I'm like, okay, I'm going to stand up Obulus. I'm going to do some things. He can't counter charge because Obulus is right there. And Mike buys an attack on Dirge, the bird. And he gets like four fives and sixes and... He's like, oh, I'll get mowed down again. Boom, everybody's knocked down again. And I'm just like, I'm like, that's fucking great. I just wasted two momentum, basically. 
So I was pretty happy at that point. And, you know, I probably tried to get too cute with it, as, you know, John likes to say. I ended up dropping Obulus into Farmers. Yeah, that was stupid. Uh, yeah, all of these losses that you have are your fault, Pete. Well, you I mean, do that once a tournament. I mean, isn't that the way it should be? I mean, really, it's your own fault when you lose. Mm, no, sometimes like somebody's just a better player than you. That's fair, but it's your other fault. times it's your it's fault. The, you're other not times a it's player. the fucking dice. <laughs> I don't really blame dice. Yeah, well, except for that mow down, that was bullshit. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, so farmers are, I think, a tough matchup for uh, for them. I thought I would be okay, and I was pretty okay. Turn one and two, I was up, and. I just, you know, things just didn't happen the way I, I planned them. But I don't have a ton of experience with Mortician, so that didn't surprise me a ton. Uh, scalpel would have probably been easier to kind of manipulate. And like I told John, actually, in that matchup against Farmers, I think Silence is actually a really good drop. Silence. So as soon as, as soon as I started the game, I was like, man, I really wish I had Silence in here. I don't see because, how Silence isn't great in every team. but well, Well, because it's just they're such low defense and... I think controlling Windle and Thresher is just huge. Like, you know, making them go if there's not a harvest marker nearby or, you know, making Windle go last because he puts out a bunch of damage. So I just, I think that, like, once I started playing the game and saw Windle activating when I didn't want him to, I was just like, man, I'm fucking retarded for not bringing goddamn silence. Uh, But you're dumber for not bringing Scalpel, who can take Tater and push him away from Harvest Markers or take Thresher and push him away from Harvest Markers. Good point, John. And push yeah, teams well, away from well Harvest Well spoken. <laughs> yeah. Jeez. Yes. But, yeah, it was just learning experience. We'll chalk it up to that. Yeah, you deserve to lose. But that's okay. Yeah, I, pro- I probably did. <laughs> so, <laughs> but I ended up going, we only went three rounds, basically, I ended up going two and one. John, you ended up going three and zero oh, essentially. Well, and you two and left. Jake were set to do the final. So why don't you tell us what happened? Well, you and Jake Smith, you were there. What happened? See, I beat Union and Farmers to get there. I don't know who Jake played, and we set up. You know, final two would have been Mort's Hunters. Beat up poor Joe. That's what he did. I didn't play Joe. No, Jake. Did. Jake oh. did. Jake twelve o Joe. It was fucked up. Yeah. Well, I mean, it happened. So uh, <laughs> I I don't know how, how the first round went because I got there after the first round but uh everybody was tired and decided to go home so me and jake decided to roll for it yep so you ended up rolling second i rolled yeah i I rolled a one and he rolled a six yep but i've discovered a way to beat scalpel 50 percent of the time roll off just a roll off (laughs) (laughs) so you just get to the table and you're like you you just want to roll for this yep which fifty percent of time she'll. I was lose. exhausted, but I would. I really wanted to try the matchup again, and you know, I love. I love yeah, playing I mean, as Jake. Everybody asked me. They're like, "Hey, are we going to do a third round?" And I was like, "I don't know. Let me ask some people." And you and Jake were okay rolling off for it, and everybody else was like, "Yeah, we'd rather just you know get some food and head out." And that was fine. Yeah, we had a lot of drops, anyways. Yeah, yeah. So we just ended it with three rounds. I would have at least like, even if you want to roll off for who comes in first or second. I would at least agree to like splitting the prize money from first and second. <laughs> like to put that all on a roll, like yeah. that seems like I like to gamble. So All right. So well you gambled you certainly did. I think the best matchup though of round three was Chris and I got paired up and I was playing morticians into his butchers and Chris asked me a very interesting question at the beginning of the match. Yeah, I, I was like, Hey, do you just want to like blind draft this shit? <laughs> And I replied, like, 
captains and everything and you're like yeah why yeah not? yeah sure why, why not <laughs> do you want to tell the audience who you got stuck with for your blind draft i got filet and i only took the one mascot so so you had the dog yeah so i had the dog by default um and, and then the in my blind draft i got like a real fucked up team and pete got like a normal fucking team okay mine was not normal but share who your squatties were <laughs> i had boar Yep, that was good. Tenderizer. I had the wrong brisket. <laughs> vet, vet brisket. <laughs> and who was my last one? Vet gutter. Vet, no. Yeah, yeah vet gutter. Vet. Yeah, vet gutter. So th- that was my fucking fucked up team. So here was mine. Two inch melee at least. That, yeah. So I had Obulus. No, no, it's not two inch melee at least. And you'll uh, once we'll talk about this, you'll see why. <laughs> so we had Obulus. Uh, I only brought Dirge because I don't have File Swarm, but I do now, so great. <laughs> uh, I ended up getting Bone Saw, which was awesome. I think I had Graves. No, I had Hemlock, Silence, and then the last one was Brain Pan and Memory. Yeah, so he just like controlled my whole fucking team the whole time. Yeah. It's so, fucking annoying. So I, I just had enough momentum to go first. Obulus killed Filet a couple times after she did some stuff. I always made Boar either run away or I made Boar go last. And I ended up getting a goal off the kickoff with Bonesaw. So that was pretty interesting because I actually charged in, tackled because I wrapped. And then I did Unexpected Arrival. So I pushed your whole team back. And it was actually after that, it got pretty grindy. Like I ended up taking out Filet a couple times. But really, I was just trying to stabilize and wait to get kind of grindy out a little bit. And it ended up going to clock, and I ended up killing the dog to win. So it was a really interesting game, just a back and forth. Yeah, I think that... But you had two models that had, like, no play in the game. Actually, three. fucking sucked. Like, so I will say this. Like, I lost that game 12-11, and to everybody else that looks at it, I it's just a fucking loss, so whatever. But I will tell you this. I think I played better in that game. Okay. Just, just like, because when when you consider like the the, just a little handicap things. that I had, like, <laughs> like I, I think no, I think that's a reason. Are you are you not willing to give me that? Like, I think I played that. I, team I told you really for, fucking well. I told for what you I for had. your team, I thought you played really well, but I I really didn't have to. I played really conservative because I'm like, okay, here comes I'm like, here comes fillet. Okay, See, she killed a model. I'm gonna kill her back. Okay, there, there's my point. Here she like, comes again. Yeah, okay, I'm, I'm gonna kill her again. Okay, Boar, go run away. <laughs> I got a beautiful fillet turn off in that game, though, where I, like... She died for it. I got my legendary play on, like, six models. It was fucking dope. Yeah, see, but I, did, I didn't have to play, like, really after the goal and after I killed fillet. I really didn't have to play a great game. I was like, I'm just going to hold off here, keep your BD pieces away, and just grind you out. Yeah, like, I mean, like, I just have a whole bunch of models that couldn't do anything in that game. So, like, fillet did all the fucking work yeah like even boar like he had to go last each turn so like he didn't get jack shit done every day yeah but i think so and he's one of the few models that could have you saying though that i had a good team i had an okay team and it was no you had a it could control you but as far as getting vps obulus was the one getting me all the vps besides let's put it this way if we if this was a real draft right Mm -hmm. and we were drafting back and forth, okay? And I drafted the most retarded way possible. <laughs> that would have been the team I had. That and would have then, been pretty close, yeah. And then you would have counter-drafted basically exactly what you had. No, I don't. 
No. There was a couple pieces I wanted. Like what? I probably would have wanted Casket in there. Uh, Graves probably would have wanted to be in there. So, the, the, First of all, like, while I have no doubt that you could find other examples of models that you would take, all the models you took were great encounter to me, to, to the team that I had. I mean, yeah, I mean, I made them work. It was good. Good time. Fucking ridiculous. So speaking of drafting terribly, something that we want to start doing. By the way, I'm not going to do that shit anymore. Like anything that was that, your idea. Anything that comes down to like fucking chance, I just know is going to fuck me. Dice <laughs> rolls, blind draft, anything that has any chance element just, to it, I'm just I want never the doing record it. Again. To state that it was your, it was it, your idea. It was, yeah, it was, it was, it was my idea. Like so, I mean, like so drafting, like you know, you're dumb. <laughs> that kind of inspired us and. Our new guy, Anthony, actually came up with a great idea. He's like, hey, you want to know what I think would be cool is if you had, like, you know, something you guys did where, like, little tip of the week for, like, a new player. So we ended up coming up with this idea of, okay, it's get good. Time to get good, folks. It's get good time with (laughs) Chris and John. (laughs) (laughs) So looking at a tournament, obviously not drafting well is something you need to get good at when you're new, but... John, what's something that you noticed maybe during the tournament? You're like, okay, listen here, new players. Don't do this. Well, I'm taking something from the tournament. New players, you need to know when your opponent has a pulse play. If you will. I don't know what to call it. A The mauling for the bear, the unmasking for gas, scything blow for gutter and graves, and whatever other examples you can have. Mow down. Yeah. Mow down. Those plays where you can get one each one inch reach models circled up, and they run their big model in there and they start affecting two or three or four group. models. Because I had the most ridiculous thing ever happen with it with the mauling. All right, so there, so there you were. Tell us what happened. Um, I'm playing Adams Union, and I play Scotha and kick off and get the first goal and run her back almost to midline, and he overextends, so I got I can get to decimate, and then he starts kind of just moving his team up, and I see this little circle forming. And I push the bear, the bear, I, I, midnight offering the bear up in fast ground. And I see this little circle forming with rage and decimate and gutter and gosh, one more. And like, yeah, it was probably almost like a U shape, right? Cause he was trying to kind of keep out of like your threat range, but he was kind of forming like almost like a semicircle. Yeah. It was an almost, a, almost a semicircle with, with decimate on the other side. So there was a little U and then decimate was on my side. So I walked the bear around last activation and I've already got a snared, knock down um decimate that the bear can just go to town on and so i'm yeah so 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 what so this is up, basically like when the english navy finally beat the spanish armada yeah so what ended up happening to that, that scrum of union people so let's see decimate hits those four plus my own scotha for the mauling you know gets bleed out on all of them two twice um so the scotha dies i kill scotha whatever i kill decimate and then I have those four. I have Gutter, Rage. Who's the other one I'm thinking? Oh, and I think Grace was in there. I have all four of them. So I, I in turn one up six nothing. And then I just mauling the rest of them. You know, two hits, mauling the rest of them and win the game. Yeah, how much damage do you end up putting out, do you think, with all those models sitting there? How much da- How much um, health does Rage, Gutter, Decimate, and all them have <laughs> combined? Because he, he went through all of it. Oh, bear. So did, did you... Obviously, you killed them all. Probably what bottom or top of two? First activation of two. Yeah, yeah. So it it was pretty bad. And and the lesson of that is like there are certain times you want to group up. 
like you said, John. But when you see the bear, when you see gas, when you see uh, other models that have siding below, it's like you got to realize when your team's in danger of just dying to just being in range of those attacks. Right. Be aware of that. And then and then kind of another point is be pre-measure shit. You know, put a, put a proxy down and measure. Like, make sure, okay, the bear, if, if gas or the is bear. Is this how people get good? Yeah, man. <laughs> I think it really <laughs> helps. proxy shit. Yeah, you proxy yeah. shit and you and you measure it out. Like, make sure, okay, if he goes between us, he can't reach this model and this model for a scything blow or something like that. Yeah, it's the same thing. Like, if you play a team with a lot of AOEs, like, you don't want to clump up because you don't want two or three or four models getting hit by this AOE. So you pre-measure out, you know, three inches because that's how wide an AOE is. And it's like, okay, my models are all three inches apart. You can only hit one model with one template. Yeah, stay spread out for this. I mean, and then uh, Flurry for Egret, you know, stay two inches apart so she doesn't hit a bunch of models with it. Just just kind of limit the effects of what the other team's big multi-character character hitting plays can do. Yeah, and definitely, like, the bear's a big example where you just need to know what that model does. Yeah, literally a big example. Yes, <laughs> See, here's the fucked up thing about this, though, is, like, with the bear, he's got a two-inch melee, and that large base is just under two inches, so you basically have to put your models six inches apart from each other for the bear not to be able to do that. Yeah, I mean, and... (laughs) Which, that's a wide breath. Well, here's the thing, though. It's, like, you can't avoid it all the time, but you don't want your whole team getting fucking mauled by the bear, you know? It's, like... It you don't want two models to have that happen to them, but that's better than your whole team, right? Two models can happen pretty easily. It's just it's one of those things where it's like you just got to make sure you give them not great targets because I think mauling and uh, scything blow and a lot of those character plays are like on usually four successes, right, John? Four, yeah. Mauling's on four. I think scything blows on five. Yeah, it's like four or five. I think it's four for gutter. Maybe I think it's four for graves too. But yeah, is it? I, I don't know. But yeah, it, either way, they're higher up there. So you, you want your higher defense or higher armor models yeah. to be the ones that yeah, got you don't want a snare. Like if you see a model of yours that's like snared knockdown, and you have you're playing against a model like that, clear you need the fucking yeah, conditions. clear those fucking conditions off. That's just a good like, especially if you see the bear and you know Fahad and Fahad. That's just a good rule of thumb: is is there snared on the board? Okay, you need to get that off before that model dies. So yeah, I think that's good. Good get good tip. Get good time. <laughs> so, yeah, we're going to try to do that at least, you know, when we record one time. So that way we can just help out those newer coaches that are trying to get good because we know they're out there getting getting their guild ball teams and getting good. So this first segment of Get Good, dedicated to Anthony. <laughs> <laughs> For coming up with the idea. Ciao. <laughs> After that Get Good segment, our captain of the week is going to be Obulus. Chris, you got a lot to say about Obulus. Chris is like, I fucking hate ovulus. (laughs) Rule number one, don't play them into farmers. Okay, so get good with that. Okay, gotcha. (laughs) Also, here's the thing. I I realized, I thought a lot about the conversation we had with Bill last week at this tournament. And Bill making the comment about, oh, he's actually just a slow old man. I'm like, you're just fucking wrong. Well, he he said he was slow out of his activation, so it wasn't worth trying to, like puppet master him to move him somewhere because he's only going four inches but yeah he, but during his turn he's significantly faster. i mean like he just has so much ability to get around the board like and the fact that he's two inch reach 
it's like fucking ridiculous. Yeah, so those of you that don't know, Obulus is the other mortician's captain. We were bashing on Scalpel last week. This week we're talking about Obulus, and he does have two-inch reach, which is a big deal because he does have unpredictable movement, but he also has shadow-like, so he gets to dodge if you come into his melee, and at the beginning of his turn he can dodge out two inches, which is a big deal. And John, this is also another reason why I didn't think about it, but he's not good into farmers, because Thresher's They've just like... They've got all the two-inch reach. Well, no, Thresher's like, oh, I got three-inch three inch reach, so fuck your well, unpredictable. That too. So yeah. I didn't think about that. Mistakes were made. <laughs> Try to get cute. Yeah, that, you always I, do this, Pete. I do. Obelisk is just... The fact that he's the pairing with Scalpel is the thing that's really fucking ridiculous. Because... He, you can put so much influence on him. Yeah, he can take seven. The things that he can do with that influence, uh, like a four, a character play that has has four influence cost, means that you're almost guaranteed against any defense to hit that character play. Yeah, I would almost rather see that character play cost less and lower the influence that he well, can take. A good example of that was in our game that we played. I put confidence on Obulus. Yeah, so then you get to roll eight dice. Yeah, so I was like, all right, I need four dice, need one five to hit Flay. I missed, and I did miss. Yep. And then I re-rolled it and got like a couple fives. Yeah, it, it, it's really annoying that he's the model that can that get can get paired with, with Scalpel. Like, yeah. Or, or that, that, that he's the counter to Scalpel. Like, the other thing that's like really annoying is all... The fact that I can understand why she would have a whole bunch of dodges. Mm-hmm. But the fact that he gets all the dodges too is really irritating. So, like, whether it's the shadow like, the unpredictable movement, the dodge double on dodge on two, yeah. like the single dodge on one, like, he, most of the teams are kind of set up where one guy, one captain has the dodges and one has the pushes. Mm-hmm. I would like to see him set up the same way, where he kind of gets the pushes instead. Because against the game with Jake, right, that one was another one that was an 11 to 12 game for me. And that one came down to like a perfect jank goal run with obelisk. Like it was just, and, and of course everything rolls just perfect and all of that shit. Like it was just fucking annoying. So even though he started like, I forget how far away it was from the goal. I want to say somewhere in the neighborhood of like, you know, 20, 20 inches or whatever, but basically he would go into my models. I've got a lot of one inch reach with, my butchers and uh he would go into like these one inch reach models to where i couldn't do anything to respond yep. and he would just bounce off and bounce around him and he got like this perfect jank score one and he's able to do that because you're able to put a billion influence on him yeah seven and he's got a playbook that enables him to do all sorts of weird shit yeah. like confidence or like a huge you know, four dice character play. Like, it, he just, yeah, he's he's annoying. I'm not going to, he's basically the same as he's been in the past, so I'm not going to go overboard and be like, oh, yeah, he's an OP. Yeah, but he's like, really unchanged from last season. He really didn't change, if at all. The issue is, the reason why it's more of an issue today is because of Scalpel, right? Scalpel's broken, and so when you get a strong captain like him as the counter to Scalpel, it makes him more of a problem because then how do you counter both things that are so incredibly well, difficult? And, like, and I think into a lot of teams that have one inch reach like issues, I think he's just really good because it's like, unless you can dodge into him, you're really not getting to him and he's just going to control and affect the board. And 
he's he's just he's the ideal control captain. Like in our game that we played, Chris. I mean, I would puppet master bore away. I puppet mastered the model I wanted to kill, like fillet in, and that protected. I think you didn't even kill uh, Bone Saw that activation or that turn because yeah, like I brought her back over. Well, and then that's the other thing, right? Like, there's a lot of those models that have like such janky stuff to where you can go and do things and then not have the repercussions of doing those actions. Yeah. Like, by the way, I did kill Bone Saw once. Yeah, you did. Um, <laughs> I would say you didn't kill but it, that turn. But it took like forever to fucking get over there because you're able to like move. I just think that I re- understand they're a control team, but if we really want to talk about negative gameplay experience for your opponent, like having a team that can always just fuck up your whole turn, like that's just not fun. Like I, I would like to at least be able to, even if I have to go last with Boar, like I would at least be like to be able to do something with him instead of go last and then have him run away. Like it, it like it's just annoying. Yeah, definitely. De- I think annoying is the perfect word for this captain. John, what are what has been your experiences with Obulus? What do you think about him as a captain? I mean, people who are good with Obulus make him good, but I mean, I don't see that he's that much of a problem. I mean, he's just kind of average to me. I mean, he has his weaknesses and that he's not real fast. You know, he has a lot of movement. He's not real fast. Um, if you can get to him, he's going to die. And then he doesn't put out a ton of damage without setup. He's, he's got what? Non-Momentous 2 on 3 or something? No, he has a Momentous 2 on 3. Momentous 2 But on he's three. only attack 5. Yeah, so I mean, he's, he's low tack. I mean, of course, he, he is what he is. He's control and he's janky and he makes you do things, but he's very beatable. He's one of those captains where if you put him in the hands of a skilled player that has games with him and knows how to use him, I think he is very, very strong. But the problem is, I think that the ceiling, you know, it's hard to get to that ceiling, right? Like, it's just, if you play him just never trying him before, you're just going to get smashed because it's like, you don't know how to make his abilities into a productive getting victory points kind of way. So he's one of those captains where when I talk to people about him, I'm like, okay, yeah, you're using Obulus, but how many games do you have and how are you using his jank to get you victory, right? And that's the key when you look at Obulus is how are you using him to get to those wins? Yeah, So, and then the other thing that I look at is I recognize that I have it from the perspective of the Butchers are a terrible matchup into that from the standpoint that normally you want them to have the repercussions that you can go kill all those models, right? Or you can kill Obelisk like John was saying. The issue is, well, I have models that can do a whole bunch of damage and they're one inch reach. And so not all of them, but your your captains for sure. The captains, right? Like the captains are the ones that really matter there, right? Like I would love to send Ox or Flay into Obelisk and kill him. It's just not it, it, the the models that can kill him and, and like w- one round him aren't the models that are able to do it, right? It's two inch reach ca- or it's one inch reach captains against an unpredictable movement model see, or I, somebody like boar but boar never touches them because well, see, he's always sent running away a model like shank or even gutter if they're in ox's aura could one round obulus they will not i'm telling you they will not. i definitely because he only has 14 boxes especially if you hit your your legendary and now you're doing plus two damage but even if you don't hit your legendary i mean if you're just inside of the aura i mean shank has four attacks he does like Three damage on two, right? 
No. Well, yes, in the aura. Yeah, does. that's what I'm saying. So even if so, you that's just, twelve damage on that's twelve success, damage. So that doesn't run one round. Well, what I'm saying is, if you do that in the legendary, that does one round them, right? And those are pretty low rolls because you're throwing six dice. That's a so, pretty perfect scenario. I mean, and that's the low end of the playbook. That's what I'm saying, though. And that's if you haven't done any damage to him yet. So that's not including if you chuck an axe at him or if you um, dirty knives him. If I mean, dirty knives is a good play on Obulus because that lowers defense and you know what's interesting is in the game I had with you, I didn't have either of those well, fucking you models. Sh- you shouldn't have picked Vet Brisket. Okay, you should have taken the normal <laughs> one. <laughs> One funny story about that when we were like blind drafting, the next one that I drafted after Vet Brisket was O Brisket, and I was like, "Shit, um, I can only take one. Can I take the O version?" And I said, "No." Yeah, jerk. <laughs> what a jerk face. A couple things just to note about Obulus is, I did so recently. If you guys are on Facebook with the Morticians page or even Gubs, and if you're on our Patreon page, and I think I might even have tweeted it out, but. I took a survey of a handful of uh, Morticians players, about 40, and I just asked a bunch of questions like, hey, which captain did you drop into this matchup? Do you like to kick or receive with this captain, that captain? What are some uh, auto-include models? So if you're interested in that kind of stuff, just check out those Facebook pages, or you can even you know, PM me or Chris, and we'll get you that information. But some really cool stuff on like some auto-includes that... and. Just because people in the survey said that things are an auto-include or suggest a matchup doesn't mean that's correct. It's just this. Yeah, a lot of people that took the survey were fucking wrong. This is what people perceive it to be in early season four is what those surveys are for. So don't take it as gospel, but if you're like me, I'm always curious to see what people prefer in matchups. And then that gives me kind of some inspiration to try different things out. And and John, John must have been, you know, directing the survey because almost every single matchup except for like two or three were scalpel so everybody's like yeah I, i've been dropping scalpel a lot into all these different matchups. i mean i don't what are what's the matchup that you do take obvious into people in that survey i feel very comfortable with him against the butchers <laughs> so <laughs> people in that survey i'll go ahead and pull it up just so i can kind of look at it real quick but the survey people preferred obvious into the mirror into scalpel just because the two-inch reach and the control uh, that can basically help people out. It was that matchup, and nope, that's all scalpel. Uh, people preferred Obulus into the Fisherman matchup, just because if you get Shark, scalpel is not great into that matchup. That's what people are saying. I think that's reasonable. Yeah, uh, because like they have all that two-inch reach and yeah, okay. and unpredictable movement, and, and they're spread out. So yeah. like she wants models that are close together that she can move around but the problem with that matchup is if they do drop corsair obulus is not great into corsair so that's the problem there it's kind of like a, so it's just plain chicken yeah pretty much pretty much uh the other matchups that people like obulus into are navigators who knows and that was it <laughs> everything else is scalpel i don't see where scalpel is in a, it, it i don't see a bad matchup for scalpel so they're all scalpel drops to me yeah, I think the mirror is probably the one that is kind of the roughest, if you ask me, uh, just because of the unpredictable movement, and that forces her to make different decisions that she doesn't have to against certain other captains. And, yeah. Plus, you can just always puppet master her away, be like, go seven inches that way. <laughs> yeah, and then she then she walks seven inches and spirit bombs your ass back in and says, fuck you. Well, it depends on how close you are, but yeah. 
I thought that survey was interesting to see what, what people preferred into the matchups. Real quick question here. Why would Scalpel be so terrible into Corsair when the Corsair player likes to play on the edge and Scalpel can push you over the edge? Well, no, 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 no. Scalpel is better into Corsair, not as good into Shark. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah. I, I misheard you. Yeah. Got it. So Obulus is better into Shark because it's just like, okay, give me the ball. All right, we're going to murder you now. Throw Shark in the box just gotcha. like the fluff. I understand what you're saying. Yeah. I still love Obulus's legendary. Rigor Mortis is yeah, like... Yeah, that's fucking annoying. One of the best legendaries, especially when it's a strong butcher turn. It's like, yeah, get all that momentum, then give it to me. <laughs> yeah, that's a fucking annoying game. Yeah. From I played your- both of those 12-11. Like, it, it is... Uh, for anybody that's listening that is having, like, a difficult experience, just know that you have some compassion for me because it is fucking frustrating as all hell. You played pretty good play on Saturday, really yeah. really fucking good... Have like two 11 to 12 games and then finish below fucking Joe of all people. Well, that's because Joe got got a bye and then Big Joe. he dropped, but for some reason it gave him another bye win. Yeah, okay. By the way, that's another thing that I just want to like bitch about for a little bit. Something needs to change with the way that those rankings and tiebreakers work because I understand that like we're worried about people getting their fucking feelings hurt by getting blown out. And so you'd like to see points. I want margin of victory because you know what? Here's the thing. It's not making anybody fucking nicer. Like it's not like if somebody Joe still got 12. Yeah. Joe still got 12 (laughs) owed in that tournament. Right. So like no one's being fucking nice because you don't have to take that into account. So So I want like, I want that taken into account because like in the end at that tournament, I had a really good fucking tournament. And so can I point to, yeah, I made these errors here, or this is where I could have like improved there. Sure, but you lost but, by a very small. But margin. I lost by a very small margin, like you know, a a takeout of a mascot, which yep. is not very significant. And so it's just it's just frustrating that like in the end it's like a crappy. So getting day. back to Obulus, though, I think something that a lot of people either underestimate or they just don't expect from Obulus is he's actually really good at getting sneaky goals off of you. Like something that I've seen Obulus do a handful of times is he does have that two inches to start off. He's only a four six, but I mean, that's still an eight inch move, right? He has two inch reach. You can then do a lot of stuff to get extra movement. You can, you know. Yeah, I fucking know. I already went over this. I'm just saying for people that don't know, but you can get dodges off your playbook to get an extra, you know, maybe two inches of movement. But you can also just have somebody either on your team or the enemy team kick you the ball. And then you get a four inch dodge off of that, and then you can get you know six inch kick off off that. So I mean that's essentially what you got eight. That's twelve, and then another six inch for the kick. So without dodges off your playbook, I mean you have an eighteen inch goal threat, which for a four six model is like what the fuck, you know? Like how do you get that far with this old man with his pimp cane, you know? Yeah, Obelisk is just he's fucking annoying. But you got to play him to make those to see those connections, like. A, pure, a person who's just starting to play Morticians... They won't get it. They sure. aren't going to line that up. But once you start seeing all the cool jank you can do with him, you're going to be like, oh, man, I can do that. that Obelisk is, is cool. a model that is definitely... See, this is this is the frustrating part about trying to make this argument because I recognize that there's going to be all these people listening that are like, oh, well, no, I'm getting this out of them because like I'm fucking good. And it's like, yes, you have to be good to get the results out of Obelisk because somebody that's like new or just not as skilled of a player, they just don't know how to fucking do it. But at the top end, like 
you're able to get so much more out of him than other models. Yeah. And so he's always been a great captain and they really have him. He has a high skill cap though. Yeah. But obviously like see that. And that's the part that's like deceptive, right? Because like players that play him are going to always say, well, no, it was skill. It was skill that I, I played obelisk and like did all these things. And it's like, no, he's like a finely tuned fucking model. And you just and you're a good player, so you know how to use them. But yeah. like the fact that this is the part that's like so fucking embarrassing is that scalpel obelisk would do just fine playing into like so many teams, and scalpel is still the primary drop for almost yeah. every captain. Like it's fucking mind blowing. There were a lot of those on the poll. There were a lot of them that were really close. Like it was like you know forty sixty percent in scalpel's favor. But they're like you could drop Obelus into a lot of those matchups, and you still have a really good shot of winning it if you're if you're practiced with him. What I want to get into though is before we talk about you know uh, what are some good drops into Obelus, just in our opinion, what are some good squatties that you guys think work really well with Obelus? That's like yeah, this is a model you want to bring usually with him. Fucking silence. So you're on. <laughs> you guys are on the silence bandwagon, huh? I, I don't know bandwagon. I've always liked silence. Well, clearly, based on my experience, I think that you can take him and just like it's just draw no- names out of a fucking hat, which a- is what Pete did. <laughs> it literally was your did. idea, but no. So silence adds just this <laughs> other control aspect, right? Like he can put fire out, he can make it go first or last, and the fact that they buffed silence was really awesome. That you can choose to spend two influence on a character play now, so you can you know if you do tucked or shut out, you can you know spend two influence and roll two dice on it. So really strong because it used to be just one die and good luck. Yeah, so, so, uh, the one that the one that makes everything work so smoothly for the moticians right now is Bone Saw. Bone Saw's awesome. So you you like Bone Saw with Obulus too? Either either captain. Well, we're but, talking about Obulus specifically. Yeah, but I'm, I'm but I'm just saying drop fucking Bone Saw. If your Bone Saw's unpainted, paint your fucking Bone Saw and drop them. Fair enough. Uh, so Bone Saw, I I do like Silence. I like. Uh, Hemlock's been very strong. Uh, Vet Hemlock. I, th- I think also Casket is really good with, I agree with Obulus. That. Just because you're kind of whittling away and then you want to activate Casket and then just put him in the box, right? And Casket is better with Obulus, I feel. Just because that influence, you know, you take... the He only brings one influence. So with Obulus, you don't really feel that though because he brings five. So you're kind of offsetting the negative of bringing casket with that, you know, one influence, you know, crutch that you have. So casket is really good with them. Uh, I think vet graves is really good. Cosset's really good because that's another control piece that you can lure people into, you know, where you want them to be. And yeah, like you said, vet hemlock. There's a lot of good squatties that go with Obulus. Why? Why vet graves? No, I said regular. Oh, graves. I thought you said vet graves. Okay, yeah, I like yeah. Regular, I like regular graves. Here's seven influence tooled up. I rolled like shit and still do fourteen damage. Yeah, it's just a lot of good squatties go with them, and I think the ones we listed go really well with them, just because they're they're mobile. They kind of add to the game plan of what you're trying to do with control and you know bringing people in, but you know mediating when they can engage you. So yeah, there's there's a lot of cool things that those models do with uh, with Obulus. And anytime you bring extra control stuff like <laughs> with Hemlock and with Cosset and with uh, Silence, it's just that on top of what Obulus is doing can really demoralize your opponent. 
I like the I like the idea of them just to play all out control. You know, you can get five models on there that are controlled with I mean Gast in a way controls you. Cost yeah. cost it controls with lure. Yeah, because all those models that we listed has something that controls or stops your opponent from doing exactly what they want. Right? Yeah, something that creates a negative gameplay experience for your opponent. <laughs> like yes. it, whether it's the rough ground from <laughs> Casket or whether it's the fear from you know Gast or maybe it's the blind that Hemlock can put out. The lures It's just it, it's always making it where you're if you're the Obulus player, you want to set it up where they're engaging on your terms. That way you can get the jump on them and you can, you know, set the tempo of the game. Really takes a lot of practice, but once you get really effective with it, man, ob- people hate seeing Obulus when it's a really good player. Or Scalpel. Or Scalpel. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I'd much rather see him than Scalpel, but yeah. And I think that's a consensus right now because at least when you see Obulus, you're like, okay, I know what Obulus does. I can counter that a little bit or I can try to set it up and... Whereas Scalpel, it's just like, man, she's going to go bananas on you. It's going to be going to be awesome. Chris had a good time. I did not. Punch was served. Mm. <laughs> the best time of that whole thing was going to eat Mexican food afterward. That was pretty good. Real Mexico restaurant in Colombia. That place is good. Food committee did a good job on that one. It was okay. <laughs> I mean, what, what do you want from it, right? What are some good counters, either model-wise or guild-wise, into Obulus? Like, what are you guys going to... What's a good guild that's like, yeah, that's a good... The best counter to Obelisk to would be a nerf to Scalpel. That would, number one counter. <laughs> doesn't, that, doesn't that actually... Isn't that a buff to Obelisk? Yeah. yeah, but at least then it's like more predictable. <laughs> like, you, I, I don't know. You it's can, pretty unpredictable you can, if you ask You me. can plan for it a little bit better. Looking at what, the way it currently stands, what are some guilds that are like, yeah, that gets a good drop into Obelisk? Teams that have high defense so yeah. that you can't get the character plays off as easily. Okay. Um, so that they're not as controlling of you. And teams that have uh, two-inch reach. All right, yeah. So you're looking at... So for the two-inch reach part, you're looking at farmers are pretty good, especially Thresher with his three-inch reach. Uh, let's see, another... So what, maybe some... I don't, th- I don't think brewers are good in Nautilus. But that's, the problem is they're low defense. Yeah. So it's not that, it's not that they have the lack of two inch reach it's that they're in that case slow and have low defense i think hunters are have a really good play into yeah. obulus i was gonna say that i mean i everybody says that they're on mortician games is gross and boring and slow but i always love it because it's so grindy and the hunters have so much <laughs> speed and range to get into them that i think it's kind of it's always a bad matchup for him so if if you ever get a chance to play against john just expect a game where he's going to park the ball somewhere and he's just going to beat the bejesus out of you for, you know, three or four turns. Well, it depends on the matchup. No, 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 no. He's not going to beat the bejesus out of you. He's going to stay and, like, range you to death. And then pick off the model and then, you know, just... Stop giving away secret tech. This is not get good <laughs> against John time. Yes, it, it is. Get good against John. That should, should have been what we called it. How to, how to get yourself a cool rage quit wire die. Just beat yeah. John. Dude, you can't give away all the Rage Wired die to just people that play in the tournament. They should have to beat us. Yeah, that's what I said. Beat. Okay, because you gave them out to everyone that went to the tournament. Yeah, you know, I ran it. Stop so. being a fucking nice guy. Sorry. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah, so that would be, I guess, so hunters are really good. Farmers have a decent play into it. It uh, like a- can be a little rough if people play it better than I did. I didn't play it very well in the mic. So. What about some, uh, what yeah. about some ballista, man? Some... Some range, like just completely range him to death. 
I don't know. Is Ballista seeing a lot of play in this season so far? I don't know. I mean, I haven't really seen him. I was just I was just thinking them, and you can put a lot of high defense around him um, and range him to death. And Salvo has a pretty good, you know, pretty good play in season uh, season four. So maybe. I think that comes down to: Are you going to make your character plays? Like, can you roll fours and not, you know, roll snake eyes like John does? Dude, you want to see something funny? Watch John in a tournament when Theron just misses every fucking snipe and every pinned. I guess it's back to arrow to the knee, but you know what I'm talking about. You know, about. I played Scotha both games on on Saturday, so. Yeah. I mean, Scotha's another... Broken ass ca- Well, Scotha's another model. It's like you could just drop pretty much into any matchup and you'll probably be okay. So. <laughs> That's just fucking crazy. What do you do? And I just love hearing John be like, oh, yeah, you know that matchup? It doesn't seem that bad. It's like, oh, I got a broken model of my own. Surprise, surprise. Just drop my own broken model. Well, my opinions haven't changed about matchups since season three because I haven't played enough. So, <laughs> yeah. More and... important. Other thing about Obulus, man, he's got the most limited edition sculpts out of anybody. He's got two limited editions. He's got the three. pumpkin head one, the Kickstarter, the whatever one. The Kickstarter, the Kickstarter one, yeah. one, the normal one, the, the SteamCon one. SteamCon one. Yeah. Yes, he's got four. Yeah, so four. Four models. Does anybody have more limited Which is the most I don't know. Boiler or Brisket's... Boiler, no, Boiler only has three models. Right, I said... Stop trying to argue against me and say, yeah, you're right. Cool. I'm always right. I would say that Brisket has more total sculpts. She doesn't have more limited edition models. All right. If you want to get all technical with it. Yeah, Obulus is fun. Definitely give him a shot, but if you want to really play Morticians and Obulus, you got to get your games in because he he's got a lot of jank, but it takes a lot of practice. Yeah, definitely, definitely is not a plug and play kind of captain. He can be yeah. he can get good real quick. Any other thoughts on Obulus? Parting blows about him before we get into some questions from the audience. Question time! It's question time. We had story time, and now it's question time. All right, and so let all right. Let's go ahead, and I'm gonna go with. Oh, Chris, this is a question right up your alley. What? So, this one came from Anthony Moore, and he said, "What are some speculations that we have for minor guilds for blacksmiths, masons, and farmers?" Why is this on my alley? You How like you know? like the whole. Hey, what do you think it could be? <laughs> what could be this game that you know? Steve okay, Moore's what are the what are the it? ones? What are the ones that we got? Here, let's do this. So, I'm gonna give you one. I'll give John one, and then I'll guess one. So. What would be a cool minor guild for the blacksmiths, Chris? Mm, I want the masons. Fine. What would be a what would <laughs> carpenters? Be a, so a carpenters guild. Yeah, yeah, I think that would be only good. if one of them is named Jesus. Oh Jesus! <laughs> kind of racist. So is racist. It? Is it? Yes. Fair. <laughs> yeah, I mean a carpenter guild would be kind of cool. Yeah, you could have a bunch of saws and stuff. Yeah. All right, John, you want the blacksmiths or the uh, farmers for a minor guild? I want the masons. Well, sorry. Blacksmiths or farmers, go. Well, masons still would be cooler with lumberjacks, but let's see. Yeah, a lumberjack guild would be cool. Lumberjacks would be fucking tight. Yeah, I, I want to change my answer. Okay, I so want that. Ch- <laughs> oh, I won masons. You got to do blacksmiths. Ha <laughs> <laughs> ha, fuck you. Uh, let's see. Farmers, farmers. What do farmers do? They need some kind of like something that... You, need, you almost need like some kind of like gatherer or something with them or shepherds the, the yeah, shepherds guild like, yeah something like that like almost like um um like a, a husbandry guild or something like that that'd be kind of cool the pet groomers guild <laughs> <laughs> so every model has like their own little pet that they just send off to do things 
like Pokemon battles or something. <laughs> I choose you. I mean that. Go get them. That or like the Baker's Guild. Maybe they take the corn and the wheat that they farm and. Okay, so they're producing something from the farmers' yeah, guild. Yes, that's what I want. I want it That's to work together. That's kind of what they did with the butchers. Yeah, kind of. Okay, and then we got to figure out something for the blacksmith. So let's see here. I think most people think it's going to be like that. I saw. I've seen jewelers, or which I'm like, eh, that's not fun. Like, who wants to play the jewelers? Well, didn't most people talk about the uh, what? What are they called? The 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 police force. The oh, the policia. Uh, yeah, it was like the guard or something. What was it? The watch something. Yeah. Yeah, something like that. I think that'd like be cool. The Night's Watch. <laughs> the Night's Watch. <laughs> uh, yeah, it was something like that. Because like, that's kind of where... What? Is that where... Fairite, I think? Yeah, I think Fairite came from. Yeah, something. And then I think uh, I think Furnace also like was from the wars. He you know, was part of that soldier. Dude, that zombie Furnace model was fucking tight. It did look. I'm kind of curious to see if he's going to die now because... You know, the zombie models are dead that they came out with. They have killed them. So it's like, is Furnace dead? Are you guys foreshadowing a story Sherwin's going to release? What's going on? I'm going to say yes. Probably. I I mean, if I had to put money on it, I'd be like, yeah, he's probably dead as fuck. (laughs) Then again, like, I mean, I think there's a fair chance of like any model that we mentioned being dead eventually. All right. So here's, here's a real serious question for John. So John, if you were a hot dog and you were starving. This is my favorite. Would you, would you? Would you eat yourself? Oh, this is my favorite. Hi! <laughs> we all know the moon's not made of green cheese, but if it were made out of barbecue spare ribs, would you eat it then? <laughs> yeah, the Harry Carey uh, Saturday Night Live is like, if you, if you were the moon and you were made of spare ribs, would you eat yourself? I know I would. Heck, I'd have seconds. Hi! <laughs> Hi! <laughs> Such a good skit. Oh, God, so good. Yeah, so thank, thanks, Andrew, for that question. That made John and, and my night. My, be- sure. my, my favorite question we've ever been asked right there. Well done, sir. Yep, well done. But Boom. if you were a hot dog and you were starving, would you eat yourself? <laughs> if I, I, w- I mean, I would. Why not? <laughs> right? Okay. What, right, else, what right. else are you going to do? All right, I, I, fine. Yeah, sure. <laughs> all right, but on a serious note, in this one, we've all run tournaments before. And this one comes from Jared McGraw. He asked, what is our opinion about TOs ha- having to make kind of rulings on legality of models or using proxies? Because Steamforge just said it's up to the pundits or it's up to the TO. So. I say no proxies. Okay. So no proxies. John, what do you think? I mean, I like I think I like it that it's the TOs thing. I mean, because it really depends on your meta and like where you're at. If you got Because if you've got this tournament you're running... And you got a bunch of new guys that haven't had time to like buy guilds or like they're like just getting into it, but they want to try this. Then fuck yeah, let them proxy it. Doesn't matter. So are you saying it depends on like the level of tournament that you're running? Uh, I mean, kinda in a way, just based on the TO's discretion because you got to know who's coming. Like the one we had Saturday, no, you don't be proxying shit. We had a lot of we had some higher level players there. Yeah. Um, kind of, but but my my issue is this. What are the models that people typically proxy? Well, and that's the thing. In Guild Ball, the only models that I think you would see proxied the most is like stuff that's not released like model wise yet. So like the navigators. Okay. Like everything. Everything else is. Everything else is basically like, oh, you don't have that model here. I got mine. Okay. So this is the answer that I was looking for there. So when you proxy, the majority of proxies are going to be newer models that people have not had an opportunity to obtain yet yeah right 
So that's why I think that it's to the disadvantage of their opponent. When you look at a table that has a whole bunch of proxies and those models represent models that are already newer that you're already not as familiar with. Yeah. That's a problem. Like, and so you're, you're more prone, you're already prone to error against newer models as far as like gotcha moments. And like, I didn't know they could do this. It's even worse if the gotcha moment is, I didn't know you could do this. And I didn't even know that was that same fucking model. Yeah, the only time I would allow the Navigators or another new guild or model to be played is if I was running a Navigators release event and Steamforge wet the bed on releasing that stuff on time for that event. I agree with that. Then I would say, okay, if you really want to play Navigators, you can proxy them for this tournament. Okay, yeah, but, that, but like, that, that makes sense. But like for the most part, I'm like... I'm on board with you where it's like, you know, nobody's played against it yet. You don't now. If you somehow got hands on the models and you, you know, I don't know, gave somebody some drugs or something for your guild ball models and you got them ahead of time, sure. If you have them, you can play them. But other than that, it's like, sorry, man. It's just it. it it's a tournament. I mean, well, and I I've heard that Steamforge may just denote which limited edition models can represent what instead of having the ones that could be any number of models on the field. Yeah, kind of ambiguous. Yeah, so so I, I even want that to change. Like I don't even like I, I like seeing limited edition models on the on the on the pitch, but I don't like seeing limited edition models that can play as either of these two models. Like you could you just imagine if I took that puppy love brisket and I just only played that all day and no one fucking knew. Well I, I told them at the beginning, but like I could easily like fuck with someone and be yeah, like, I mean, oh yeah, that's the vet version because I need to the damage or the condition clearing. Well, it does open the door because yeah, the card out it wouldn't matter. Yeah, so there's that. But also, I mean, there's nothing to stop somebody from like putting out that alt model and then maybe, and this is probably only going to happen against people that don't know the difference, like a newer player. But then you switching, like if you wanted to cheat and switch it out real quick. Be like, oh no! I said that was you know vet brisket instead of normal brisket. No, and and I say this as someone that plays the butchers, and most other teams can't do that. So yeah. like, it would only be to my advantage to manipulate that rule and try and play things as whatever I wanted. Like that's why I see that it could be a problem. Like with other models as they come out. Like I, I don't like that people play the uh, the rage the limited edition rages either like even though that so, one's even more so that like you're, you're not going to mix that up because so you're so not going to straight out of cap limited but. edition rage is totally going to be og rage for my guild <laughs> unless unless they come out and say it can't do that that makes no fucking That's sense so, dude he's so awesome he's clearly captain rage like it's and the moment that he takes over taller. the guild he's taller too <laughs> it doesn't matter but that's not yeah. what i mean when i went proxies i mean like like when it happened to us you know we, we have a smaller meta up here when we get a tournament it was like uh the new exiles had box had just come out and they didn't want to pay for the whole new exiles so they were kind of just waiting for a chance to uh you know buy one single model like that's when they yeah, proxied, so what, what, like proxy they go cinder. okay yeah they were saying okay this is vet cinder instead of normal yeah. cinder yeah yeah i don't have a problem with that yeah, and that's the thing where I think as a TO, you just got to know know who's in your tournament, right? You know, okay, this guy's a newer guy. He's not trying to pull anything over on anybody. He's not trying to confuse people. He just doesn't have that model yet. So, I think as soon as you have an event that's just very competitive, you have to say no. Yeah. Like a release event like or 
a local event, like I can see somebody compromising that. And I think that's reasonable. Uh, but as soon as you're like, I can think of multiple times where I've played with someone and them proxying regular cinder or proxying vet cinder with the regular cinder, the O cinder model could have been a problem. So I'm going to do this second question Jared asked because it's kind of interesting. And then there's a few more I want to get to. But Jared, apparently, John, this is something you might be interested in because you're a competitive guy. You know, you're a sports ball coach, all about, you know, getting them W's. So Jared said that apparently, how do you feel about the world champion not getting an official ceremony for his trophy presentation at the world champions in, you know, England? Apparently, apparently they didn't, they didn't, you know, have this thing like, Hey, let's give a round of applause. Here's this, you know, here's the trophy. Awesome job. Why isn't that just done at the keynote? Well, cause I think the championship was on Sunday. Keynote was on Saturday. Sounds like a planning thing. Yeah. It, it, like that's the perfect that time. That would be an awesome it. time. Like the keynote, bring them on up. Be like, cause hey, that's when everyone is watching. Yes. Yeah. So I don't know, John, what was your kind of feeling about you that? Should, they should be doing best painting and everything at the keynote too. Yeah, it makes sense. I didn't, I didn't know that happened. That's kind of, that's kind of bullshit. Neither did I. Yeah. That's kind of bullshit. I would have, if I'm him, I'm making my own fucking presentation. You guys are going to know I won, bitch. <laughs> <laughs> It's like, hey, everybody, come here. Here's a beer. You know, here's my trophy. Yeah, Woo! for those listening at home, you have no idea how many times John tells us about the tournaments that he played himself in his house, and he <laughs> happened to win against himself. That yep. we have to hear about. <laughs> so that's some bullshit. I think because <laughs> I also lost. Honestly, this this is something. <laughs> this is something, and this goes back to being a TO, right? Where I think it is important, even if it like we had a small tournament. There was only like what. 10, 11 of us at that tournament on Saturday. But, you know, I think it's still important at the end, just even if it is a little cheesy, you know, for the TO, I, I went up, I'm like, yeah, here's, you know, this person, they got third. What about when you write the wrong oh, name on the certificate for somebody? That was so good. I was about to call him out on that shit. <laughs> Fucking Pete writes my name. Even though I rolled and he got second. He wrote my name on the first place certificate and crossed it out and then wrote Jake's name above <laughs> and then it. gave it to Jake. What a like, douchebag. Sorry, sorry, Jake. I'm not used to you winning tournaments. I'm sorry. <laughs> I was just like, the fix was in. What a douche you <laughs> are. Pete, Pete, Pete decided Pete John was going to win this from the beginning. John was supposed to win it. My name was going to be on the second place one. <laughs> I'd have crumpled that shit up and hit you in the eye with it. I know you would have. Uh, yeah, but I think that is important. Just, you know, get everybody together. Say thanks for coming out. Here's some, you know... Nice little knickknacks to give out even to the people that didn't place. And just kind of, you know, thank everybody for coming out. Thank the host. And just, you know, nice small mini golf clap for everybody as you kind of leave, right? Yeah. They didn't even do that? at the Apparently not. I mean, I, like I said, Jared was there, so he'd know. But apparently there wasn't much of, you know, like, yeah, awesome, here you go type of thing. Like, here's your trophy. Get the fuck out. Man, if <laughs> I ever were to win the world championships, which we all know isn't going to happen, I expect you guys to put me on your shoulders. Mm. <laughs> uh, okay. All right. So I like this one. This one we'll try to make quick. We don't have to go through like the whole detailed, like how you got to this point. But Tyler Ruitz, Ruiz, Ruitz, Roots. Sure. That what is good. the most dice you have ever rolled? And how did it happen? Oh, got it. I got it. I'm ready for this one. Bear. Hi, John. Go. Bear charge into a ganged up model who had singled out I spy on him and was snared and knocked down. There was a three dice model. So that was seven plus the charge, 11. I spy on that is 15 plus the gang up, 16 plus one more, 17 dice. Nice. 
Did that model die? <laughs> I think the most I rolled was actually pretty recent with Rage. And I ended up doing a charge into somebody. And I had at least four gang ups. And then I had singled out on the model. And I had the legendary up. So, I mean, what's that? That's seven. That's 11, 12, 13, 14, 15, 16, 17, 18 dice. So, yeah, that's probably the most I've rolled was with Vet Rage. Vet Rage rolls some and silly amounts of dice. He does, man. And you actually got to be a little careful with it because you can end up clocking yourself just by like, okay, I got to recount my damn dice mm-hmm. out. So, so you got to kind of get used to playing him because you're rolling a bunch of dice with that damn model. What about you, Chris? Can you think of a time where you just rolled so a ridiculous... So I can't think of a specific time, but as soon as I heard this question, I was like, oh, 20. Like, because it's happened multiple times. All right, well, who'd you roll like, 20 with? So, like, because with the Butchers, like, you have multiple models that have, like, super high tack. Yeah. And so as soon as you have, like, a model singled out and ganged up on, or, like, I love going into, like, those low defense models that, like... Are, like, knocked down. Are knocked down and shit. Like, so... I mean, like, I, I can't name a specific instance, right? Like, it's an apocryphal story. But, like, I I, I believe that I probably have rolled 20, maybe a little bit less. Maybe it was 18. Is or, that usually with your captains you're rolling that much? No, 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 no. I'm thinking, like, with Boar. Like, because, like, Boar, I normally am holding him back. So then, like, I send him in, like, after other models are there. Yeah. And so, yeah, Boar was rolling, like, eight and, like, the models are knocked down or somebody singled out or Or maybe whatever. even has, like, dirty knives um, or something on them. I know there have been times where I've rolled real big on turns where somebody was stupid and injured the dog. <laughs> so and they get so, a little love creature action. Oh, by the way, let me tell you, like, the most frustrating fucking story from that tournament. You guys have heard me vent about, like, all sorts of things about that tournament. This is the one where I was, like, ready to rage quit. When... <laughs> Fuck you, Pete. Oh, this is so awesome. So, I'm in there, right? Of course, like, Boar has to go fucking last. He's engaged by the bird. He's engaged... The bird is not engaging him. The bird is just at... at no, no, no. The bird, the bird was, was engaging him. Yeah, yeah. Because it because he wanted to charge someone else. Two hit points left on the bird. Okay, I even had Boar back to where the bird got countercharged by Tenderizer. Tenderizer. So, the bird is at one box... Sure. Not not two. Yeah, one box. That's fine. Okay. And I roll against that fucking bird. With, with, your, with your one influence. With my one influence. With boar. Ganged up with tenderizer. And I rolled zero fucking successes. <laughs> oh, it was fucking so, bullshit. I just, I, he just, he literally turned around. If he had a hat or a visor, it would have gone on the ground. Dude, I was ready to take those die and just whip them at the wall and like i that is the thing that i will absolutely do is like i'm not one to like table flip but i will absolutely throw fucking dice across the room <laughs> and i was ready to like i was so pissed but i was trying to be a good fucking sport. he was trying to win best sport. and you know what i got zero fucking votes for that so even when i was a good sport it didn't fucking work that's because this jackass after each game was hey did you enjoy playing me wasn't i fun to play did you, did you have a good experience? <laughs> hey i want to make sure you had a good experience jesus christ <laughs> It's oh, creepy so is what it was. <laughs> like, like somebody that's never been on a date before and they want to make sure that their date's having a good time. <laughs> you having a good time, right, baby? Hey, hey, are you having a good time? Are you comfortable? Okay. Can I get you a drink? <laughs> uh, another good question. We only got, I think, I think I'll do three more and then we're, we're out here. But 
So Josh asked, he said, I prefer Shark over Corsair 95% of the time. We need to change his mind. Should I be allowed to use my Navigator models at local tournament? We already talked about that. So sorry, Josh, if I was running the tournament, I would not let you run Proxium, it. but he, he, it sounds like he's talking about already having them. Uh, if he's over in, you know, like foggy London town or something, sure. Okay, cool. Um, but he's asking like for permission. So it makes it sound like he doesn't have maybe the models yet and he wants to proxy them. So like I said, if you don't have the models, unless it was like a specific navigators event, I would not allow that as a TO, but you know, maybe you're as well. You got to contact him. And I think steam forge even put something out where it's like, they prefer like, Hey, at least three days before the event, check with the TO, see what they're allowing. But going back to the Corsair question, he said Shark 95% of the time. What do you guys think? I know you don't have as much experience into fish maybe this season. That's but somebody playing way too much Shark. You think so? Yeah. Yeah, I think, like, I, we were having this discussion with another guy in our meta, and I think that for someone to have a good knowledge of a guild, they have to be able to play both captains. And there are almost no captains, even that Scalpel-Obelisk matchup where clearly scalpels or scalpels favored that you should be playing a model uh, like a almost 100 percent. yeah like to me what that what, when i hear that what that tells me is you don't have enough experience or confidence with corsair like there are matchups where you should be maybe he played corsair and he just doesn't like the play style i mean that's possible but still i mean like you would think that in a competitive in a tournament right you're gonna see matchups where corsairs are better drop yeah i i prefer ox to and we'll play. use this as an example john as a hunter's player would you rather see corsair or shark on the table as a hunter's player yeah i mean if you're going against a control guild you should not be playing shark just because if they can control shark and lock them down you're gonna get 12 out or you're gonna get you know 12 four it's it's gonna be a miserable game for you Whereas Corsair can go into a control guild and he can kind of do his own thing and, you know, get victory points, you know, the old fashioned way by getting the ring out. So it's just one of those things where I think you're right, Chris, you do got to be practiced with both captains because some matchups are just not good into the one captain you play a lot of. Yeah. And I think that there are a lot of people that they have an experience where maybe they play one captain of a guild and then they, they maybe aren't seeing as much success as they want. And they say, oh, you know what? I should start a new guild. When in reality, they'll refresh their experience just by playing the other captain oh, yeah. and, and going deeper into the guild they already know. Well, see, and that's the thing about playing both captains is to me, when you play both captains, it's almost like you're playing two separate guilds at that point. Because Steamforge does a really good job most times of making sure the other captain has, you know, maybe the same kind of flavor, but it's a different style, right? So yeah, you're still like your morticians, you're still controlling, but scalpel's doing it a more aggressive way, whereas obulus is more controlling. Or with the fish, it's like, yeah, you're still getting goals and you still have those goal scoring pieces, but Corsair is going to give you another avenue to get those extra points that you, you need to get. Yeah, well, this the example of Shark and Corsair is actually the best one because Shark is an example of hey, I'm able to move all over the place. Yep. And I'm able to get all over, get around you and score. Whereas Corsair is, hey, I'm going to move you all over the place and I'm going to put you where I need you to be. Yep. Yeah, I agree with that. And I liked Corsair's changes. I think they fit more of his style than before. So John, this question's for you. Do you feel that teams are doing too much damage in season four? No, I think I think uh, teams have sped up. So the goal scoring is kind of sped up. 
uh, damages went up, and it's really, in a way, shortened the game, which kind of needed because there's so many games going to the clock. So I, I like it. I also like that they're speeding it up because it just and it's when you see some of these big numbers, you just get fucking excited, man. Like you're like, "Ow, it's momentous eight! Shit, you're dead." <laughs> One swing. <laughs> or hey, the bear just destroyed your whole team. Yeah, I mean, it's you fun. kind of feel like a jackass at that point, but. <laughs> Yeah, but it's fun. I, I just looked at John and I was like, "John, do you have a question?" No. I hope John did is not, your game done already. I, think jo- I hope John did not twelve zero that guy. No, I killed my own Scott. It was twelve two. Yeah, he gave him two. Man, you're a real McAsshole. Way, way to pe- way to keep people coming out to the events, John. Poor Augusta guys. Hey, man, I I had just woken up and driven two hours to come play at this tournament. <laughs> John didn't know what he's walking into. Yeah, I was just there to win. Yeah, I mean, I let I just the high damage just. It, it makes this where if you're not a scoring guild, you still get some of these big sexy numbers from doing damage. So, I mean, I, I, I like, I'm having fun with it. I'm, I don't think it's too much. All right. And then the last question that we have is why all the brewer hate? So this, I'm not this sure is if a this question is for sure. <laughs> it might be for Sherwin, or it might be that people just aren't playing brewers as much, but why do you think all the hate for the brew crew? Well, I, uh, let's answer the second one of those because I, I don't think we could answer why Sherwin hates the Brewers. Yeah, like I mean that's a question for Sherwin. So uh, yeah, which you need why, to, you need why to is, see if he'll come on here soon. By I the way. would love to have Sherwin talk on. to your talk to your boy there, see if you can get him on talking some fluff with us. But anyways, second question. That would question. be awesome. But the uh, the second part of that, which is why the Brewers aren't being played, I think that the reworking of Esther's is a big part of it. A lot of people hating on that. Yeah, I, I don't think that. She, she was so nicely paired with Vet Decimate, and by them reworking her, uh, Vet Decimate is not nearly as interesting to play. Well, and they nerfed Vet Decimate a little bit, but with nerfing her, and you could call the Esters a nerf, I guess, the free heroic thing is really cool with Esters, and there's a couple of pieces that work really well with her with that. Like, looking at Pint Pot, Pint Pot's a beast with her now. Just because it's like, oh, he also now has resilience and he's going to go smash you with his two influence and three beer tokens and he's probably tooled up at that point. So I just, I like that Esther is you don't have to activate her to be useful now. You can just be within four inches and be like, all right, I get a free heroic. Sweet. Turn it on. And then the second part is Tapper is still a captain that like, you know exactly how your opponent's yeah. activating, and that's really tough. It's to... a very, you know, step-by-step activation. It's like step one, knock down model. Step two, get commanding aura out. Crap, I didn't get commanding aura out. Do it again. Okay, we finally got it. Now let's do maybe a push, and let's throw on a couple extra damage. Let's throw old Jakes to somebody. And and you know that has to be your opponent's first turn every turn. Yeah. So yeah, he's, it's he's really easily, easy to work around. Like after turn one, Tapper is your opponent's first activation unless they're just out of position and set up bad. Yeah. So I think that those factors play into why no one's really playing those brewers. Yeah. I mean, predictable is probably a really good word for it. That's actually a reason. Like I tried them out a couple of games this season and it did feel pretty predictable and just a little stale. And I'm just like, yeah, this isn't, I'm not feeling it. Like they're still a solid guild and you can definitely win games with them, but it's very stale and predictable, a lot of the stuff you want to do with them. So let me ask you this. If Tapper just inherently had Commanding Aura up, so it was more like Ox's deal, it was more like Esther's where it's just always there, 
mean, does that become broken or does that fix the guild? I don't know. Just a bubble of plus one attack and damage. That's pretty fucking good. Yeah, strong. I mean, but I I think since he's only like a... I think he's a 5-7 movement now. I think they boosted his jog up by one. He's still a slow model, so you can manage it a little bit. And the other Brewer's models are still pretty slow. So I wouldn't say broken. That would actually be probably a, a decent adjustment to him. It would be really good, though. Like, if... It would just it'd be really solid, yeah. Or maybe they just give him one part of it, like yeah, maybe. I mean, and I mean, because remember, it is four inches, so it's not like it's not it's oxes not, or it's a... not ox or rage, right? Yeah. So yeah, I kind of I wonder. Yeah, if yeah and he also got that. dinged a little bit by he only brings three influence now. So I mean, I I think the brew crew is just a little down right now, and Sherwin's kind of you know doing the Thanos snap and making people disappear. And, you know, he's doing, <laughs> it's just, it's a rough time. To there is a fan. history of like models that like, once they get killed, they just aren't very good. <laughs> like, <laughs> there is a history of that, right? Like how long was snake skin just fucking terrible? I tell oh, you since season one, when she got what, killed. Next time I, so hopefully Saturday I should get another game in, but I'm going to try putting snake skin into a couple of lineups and it, I'm, I'm kind of interested to see how it's going to go. I think she's going to be a good flex. Especially like into like morticians, just be like, oh yeah, try to get the ball off her minus five range. Have fun with that. <laughs> I think she can be strong, definitely playable. Yeah. Yep. Excited about that. Speaking of, I guess last question: Has Pete jumped off the bandwagon? Is he on a new bandwagon? I'm always on a new bandwagon. He couldn't. He- yeah. So I I put a question on because I just I couldn't make up my mind. There's four guilds that I was just like, man, I really these four guilds. I want to jump on and it was union because I got all those new, like the Kickstarter Blackheart coming in and I'm like, oh, I want to paint that model up. Plus I want to paint up my union, like gangs in New York. I'm going to paint up half of them as the dead rabbits. And then the other half is the natives. So anybody with a top hat is going to be a native. So it's just going to be fucking awesome. But, <laughs> but Wait, how many have top hats? Uh, there's like five or six models that have top hats. Are there that many? Yeah. It's like Avarice and greed. Yep. Avarice, greed, Harry, rage, Built as a top hat. The other rage model. Is that it? Is it maybe just four models? I don't know. Do a quick, do well, a quick scan there. I think I might be well, missing okay, so one. That's five. Yeah, I think that's it. I think it's four or five. And then you have to put a top hat on the snake or something. One of the mascots. Yeah, there you go. One it's of the mascots needs classic. top hat. There. Yeah. I'll, it's it's got to be the turtle, right? Yeah, it's got to be the turtle. You can cut that, that then, little snowman ball. You can cut the top hat off of that. Yeah, maybe I'll put a monocle on the turtle too. That'd be really funny. <laughs> that doesn't really go with Gangs in New York, though. Yeah, so so I'm yeah, and so I'm debating Union. I was debating blacksmiths, and then morticians and hunters, and I put it to a Twitter vote, and I put it to kind of our local guild ball kind of vote, and I was like, whatever gets voted on, I'm gonna play that until at least Bourbon Trail open, and the one that got the most votes was the Union. So I'm gonna be see, but Union. I love how like. See, this is why I'm surprised that you did that because, like, I feel like people read that and, like, instead of it being like, oh, which one would be, like, fun for Pete to play, it's good. It, instead, people answered it as, what is the weakest team that we can give Pete to play? Dude, Union is going to be so much fun to play. I am so looking forward to, you know, getting my rage skills a little t- a little honed, but, man, I'm going to work that blacksmith over. Yeah, black he gave it to, like, the eight people that voted to decide his fate. <laughs> <laughs> no, yeah. it was like, because here, it was about... 30 people on Twitter, and then, I mean, there was about, like, 
I don't know, a dozen or so just from our local. Well, hopefully there are the people that would have to play you at Bourbon Trail Open. So, like, it's really helpful when you can decide someone else's guild. Yeah. Well, you vote for the yeah. union and then he plays you and beats you with the union. I'm going to laugh at your face. I think I voted for, like, the blacksmiths because there weren't any votes for yeah. that or something like that. Dude, I'm, I just want to get honed in with this union. I think it's going to be a lot of fun. There's a lot of cool things going on with that guild right now that I'm starting to line up. And I'm like, oh, man. Jones and... <laughs> Any other parting blows before we uh, roll out here? Should we let everyone know or give them a preview about a special episode we're doing later in the season? Yeah, can I get in a preview? What the fuck are you talking about? Yeah, can I know what the hell you're talking about? Well, what's the one that we've been talking about doing? Oh, it's going to be so awesome. <laughs> yeah, go ahead. I mean, because I think actually... Still don't know. Let's see, your next... <laughs> it's it's got to okay. be in the next couple weeks. I would say, I mean, we could record it next week and then it'll drop like the week before Christmas. Yeah, we could do that. All right, so yeah, why don't you give a little preview then? Actually, you know what? I think that uh, we should just leave it that we have a special uh, episode coming special up. Special Christmas episode. Yeah, we have a special Christmas episode, and then it'll be a nice surprise for people when they open it on. Let's just say, for those of you that, that know, it's going to be a Festivus for the rest of us. It will be. <laughs> it will be. What the hell? John doesn't even know what he's getting into. No. If it, <laughs> no, but you're, you're going to love it. Hopefully people listening to you are more excited than I am about this, because I'm like, what the fuck are these two come up with? <laughs> First of all, John's the one that, like, is a great reason for having yes. this. Got a, lot, got a lot of problems with John, and now he's going to hear about it. <laughs> <laughs> all right, well, with that being said, let's roll some dice, throw some salt, and we'll see everybody next time. We're out. We're out.